0: welcome to yet another edition of the return of the war podcast um that is the loudest i will be getting all podcasts i have noticed uh from my editing that i am generally like we always peak in the beginning of the <laughs> pod and then it just kind of goes downhill from there um not literally but just audio you, wi- it, <laughs> audio wi- you come in ready to run through a brick wall for the sacramento yeah. kings you have to admire and then that by the end i'm just like and and then Damian right. dips it in. we just talked about the Kings for an hour. Um, I think we should start off this episode first off, first off with explaining ourselves. Uh, the last time everyone heard us, it was with Brendan Nunez. Um, and we pretty much the entire show pubbed that uh, we were going to be hopping on Brendan's podcast uh, immediately after um, in order to record something. Something popped up. Uh, Some scheduling. Right Is- after we started, we stopped recording. Uh, and that just has never happened. So um, it's we coming. Will, yeah, it, it's definitely coming. We will record with Brendan um, probably during the summer, very early, and probably very frequently. Um, but he'll, for prob- now, he'll yeah. probably
1: hop on our like our recap stuff too. Like we'll do a season interview episode, yeah. and I'd like to kind of get a guest or two for that. And Brendan obviously is like our
0: mm-hmm.
1: our go to guy. So yeah. busy man that Brendan is. Busy.
0: <laughs> busy guy, funny guy, very funny guy. Uh, he cracks me up. Um, but let's that's not why we're here. I mean, you you and I have been doing this podcast for going on three seasons now. Um and we, we know what the people want to hear and it, it's not about uh our personal lives. It's about Will Smith smacking the living hell out of uh Chris Rock. <laughs> Frank, was that a real slap?
1: No. I just want to say I was watching it with my grandparents. Live and, like live uh, live, right? like live like you my say gran- it your grandparents grandparents, Well yeah, my my grandma has a yes, grandparent there it's it was past their bedtime honestly like 7 45 8 o'clock but we're watching it my mom my grandparents and i uh grandma's really into the, the grand uh the grammys the uh the oscars and we all thought it was a bit like they were like oh like they didn't even care and i was the only one sitting there like no like he just slapped he just slapped him in front of millions of people so um i like i just saw daniel radcliffe uh, Harry Potter shout out <laughs> shout out Harry Potter he just said that he doesn't want to bore he's so bored of people having an opinion on it that he doesn't want to insert another opinion on it I mean everybody has a, that sounds like an opinion that's what I'm saying everybody has to have like a sort of take or stance on it it's become very political it's funny how it's become a political God, boy thing uh, but it was entertainment above all else it was entertainment and it has created a lot of memes and funny videos and for that I'm thankful hey, thank Yes. I thank you
0: always appreciate memes. I Welcome am a to believer that Twitter is first and foremost. Yes, it's it's a good place for sports and for news. But um, I think above all, Twitter is for getting these jokes off. So I, I like to see that um, in our time of need, we still we still can uh, we can still reach back and get that get that fastball up in the high 90s. Well,
1: people are going to meme about everything when an asteroid is coming towards Earth. <laughs> yeah a fatal asteroid. I think it's I've told be this before. Jordan face. Yeah, Jordan it, face on Earth. I think I've said that on here before too, but it's yeah. it's just it is hilarious how no matter what it is, there will be memes, no matter what. Yeah. So um this of course is a very different mm-hmm. a very different situation, but <laughs> yeah. but I digress.
0: Death taxes and memes. It's uh it's all that's guaranteed in life. And and the Kings missing and, the playoffs. And Kings just not only missing the playoffs but just not knowing how to to properly uh, do anything right, really. I mean, I think uh, to me, the thing that has stood out the most since we uh, last recorded is for whatever reason, the Kings have they're winning. legitimately statistically they are like on, I think like this is a top three run for them this season to win three of four games. Um, so they have chosen the absolute worst time in the season to, um, I don't want to say pull themselves together because they've played Indiana, uh, Orlando and Houston in those three wins, which are um, about Tam- as cupcake as it gets at this well, point. Well, there
1: there are teams that are doing again. I was going to do a tankathon update at the end, but let's just do it now because while we're here, yeah, uh, yeah, the Kings since the last time we've recorded, they've dropped from
0: fifth in the lottery to seventh. I guess I wouldn't call that. Well, I guess that is dropped. Well, See, and here's another thing. Sorry, they're good. Just for precedent setting, when you say like somebody's higher going, you know, the Kings are now have a higher pick in the draft. Do you say? Do you think that means or to you? Does that mean, like, they're now 10, or does that mean they're now 2? Higher. Like if, if you have a higher pick. Higher
1: means, uh, I think, further in the draft. I think a lower pick means. Deeper in the draft. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. I guess that is, that is a confusing yeah. way to put it. Yeah. Um, how about better or worse? They have a worse. They're in yeah. worse standing than they were. Worse draft. Four. Yes. They dropped. They dropped. I guess drop is for moving mm-hmm. in further down. Because yeah. um, Indiana has lost five in a row. Portland. Mm-hmm. Who was I believe the nine or ten seed a couple weeks ago? They have now lost five in a row and nine of ten. They're of the a sixth spot in That's the lottery, and now the Kings and they're they're going to stay at seven at the very worst because San Antonio is is three and a half games ahead of them, and they're they have their sights set on the postseason. Um, they're in the eight spot. So what we're looking at here is the Kings who have imp- a dumpster fire to to put it bluntly all season long. Uh, they're playing like you said probably one of their top two three stretches of basketball as far as wins go they've won three of four and they they have a good chance of making it four and five tomorrow against Houston um and then they're gonna lose a couple of games here coming up they have they have Golden State on on Sunday and then they have the Pelicans on Tuesday who should be pretty hungry fighting for that playing spot with the Lakers and Spurs so it's it's honestly kind of funny watching these games just you know, we're going to talk a lot about Davion Mitchell. We're going to talk about Damian Jones, Trey Lyles. It's pretty much the only big positives coming out the past week. But um, it's funny to me just because it's so fitting that they needed wins so bad about two, three weeks ago, and they couldn't get one. And now here we are. We have a week left in the season, if you can believe it, about a week from, from Sunday. I think the season will be over. And we're winning games. We're we're, we're we're winning games, Chris. We're back into into
0: purgatory. thought you were going to say plain content. No, 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 no. I heard you were pushing P, and I was like, "Excuse me, Frank." No, 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 no.
1: Now I will say the Lakers. If if you want some things to kind of watch for over the next week, the Lakers and the Spurs are they're it's going to be close, man. And you look at the Lakers' schedule. Their remaining strength is schedule. They have the third hardest schedule in the league. They play the the Suns, Warriors, Nuggets twice, and the Jazz. Um San Antonio has a way easier schedule. So yeah, I don't know. It's um don't watch the Kings of the plan. Watch the Lakers fall if you want to be entertained.
0: Frank, do you want to hear why you're a better man than I? Why is that? You, um You, Frankie Carticelli, from day one, from from before preseason you were on this Laker thing you 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 were the only you were ridiculed for it on this podcast I think maybe on a different podcast you were I also I I, might have just been me honestly I got hate no
1: I got heat I got heat from I believe Brendan Kinda yeah. was like, oh, I, there I, was somebody.
0: I, there was definitely somebody else with me that I was like, I think, J-
1: I think Jason Ross one time was kind of like, well, are you sure? Like, yeah. the, like
0: no, I, I No, you were very adamant that like I think you even said like I think they might be like an eight seed, and you know that was probably you even hedging your actual feelings of like these mm-hmm. guys aren't good. So I, just, I, I just want to praise you in in this moment for just being better than I am because I would have probably brought it up like five or six times at this point
1: well the lakers i mean injuries sure i mean anthony davis but he is kind of an, he's i don't want to say injury prone i mean that's kind of a that's throwing a big I mean, word if we're not out there. gonna say
0: injury prone i don't know what we're gonna say well
1: how many games is anthony Davis man's hurt every over,
0: season.
1: anthony davis uh man has,
0: is marvin bagley with with a jump shot
1: <laughs> i mean yeah he he has not played over 62 games in one two three four seasons Ever. now and he has not, he played 36
0: last year, 37 this year. He has never played even close to 81, 82 games. The closest he's gotten is 75, which is even like, if you, th- I mean, you know, he probably missed that's like a week or two. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, in 56 and eighteen nineteen. I mean, if you take out the percentage calculator, I'm sure he's, he's probably played in only what 60%, 65% mm-hmm. of his team's games, but um, injuries have plagued the Lakers. We all know that, but from the beginning, this roster on paper, what was it that jumped out to everybody? And I, I hate to pull out some ageism stuff here, but <laughs> I'm not being discriminatory against the the Lakers for being old, but they, I can say that they, that they were going to suck because they just, you bring in all these 2009, 10 all-stars, Dwight Howard, yeah. um, Trevor Ariza, Russell Westbrook, who is kind of, I think on the actual decline now, I think we've are starting to see him officially decline. I believe he's 33 mm-hmm. years old now. Um, I think I said Carmelo Anthony. I don't know if I said that or not. Yeah, it's just I was never sold. And now what we're seeing is a young team like the Spurs, and of course they have arguably the greatest NBA coach of all time. Um, they came to play, and they're probably going to make the plan. Looking at the the final schedule here, they're they're probably going to make the plan. That paired with the fact that LeBron James' ankle is apparently hanging on by a thread right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: LeBron's been incredible. Like, you got, you got to tip your cap. I <laughs> did not like that description at all. <laughs> that really like grossed me out. Well,
1: like, hanging by a thread. Yeah. His
0: ankle is hanging by, a, I well, don't know. Don't, just the visual don't, of it. Don't picture, don't, like, don't picture an actual, well, did you see the, speaking of the picture, like the picture of his ankle, just pretty yeah. much like curled under his entire body. Um, yeah, I don't know. LeBron James is different. Also finish that game. Um, that oh, yeah. he twisted his ankle. Just oh, yeah. an absolute madman. man. Um,
1: Anyways, no, I right. mean, it's more. Right. I'm honestly having more fun talking about, like, the plan and <laughs> other teams and the Kings. But, yeah. I mean, I guess we can dive into it. Um, Chris. Frankie. I, I don't really know what to say about last night's game against the Rockets. I'll, mm. I just will say that, um, and again, not, not counting Davion Mitchell, how well he's been playing, because we're going to talk about him next. But um, the Kings games are kind of miserable to watch right now. Like, Outside of Davion Mitchell, they're, they're kind of miserable to watch. Like, do you feel mm-hmm. do you enjoy? Are you are you enjoying watching this, this road trip?
0: No, it feels like obligation. It definitely feels like we are watching these games because we, you and I, specifically, kind of have to. But, um, for I'm sure for people who who don't like literally have to watch these games, I guess we don't, I mean, you you kind of do, but um. You know, for people who don't have any sort of stake in the game and are just watching it because this is how they want to uh, enjoy their their Wednesday night, um, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it, it's tough. And I mean, I think we're going to get into it later, but um, and we might actually have a, a spirited spirited conversation about it. But I just don't think these games matter. I really don't like. And I know, I know it's they are. You know, like they're, you know, Davion Mitchell is playing incredibly well. And that does mean something. But uh, the neither of these teams are in the long run trying to win these games. Like the result is kind of just a, a product of the fact that both teams played like neither of these two teams uh, are, you know, well, are, are building towards anything in these games you... besides just getting in reps.
1: You've watched all-star games. We've all watched an NBA all-star game yes. and said, oh, wow, they're just not playing any defense. If you look at what was going on through the first three quarters, mm-hmm. no defense. And I'm looking at the line score, and and each team, you know, uh, the, the Rockets scored 40 in the first. The Kings scored 44 in the second. Both teams flirted with 40 in the third. They each had 100 points going into the, the fourth quarter at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of like at the end of an all-star game where you see the guys kind of turn it up a little bit and say, okay, I'm going to defend a little more. Cause this is this has been fun, but now like you know, I don't want to be the one that loses this game. Yeah, and the King scored 17 points in the fourth. The, the Rockets scored 15. Mm. Um, and
0: mm. it it was thing. All like, quarters weren't like that because no, it would have yeah. been what uh, my math's not great. Is that 70 to 7? Seven, like I, yeah, think I think you're I think you're pretty like close, 64 or something
1: like that. Not a math pod, but I think you're pretty no. close. Yeah. Um, I I do I do want to say that. The, so the fourth quarter wasn't – I mean, there was like nine stoppages for time. There was probably about a half an hour of that quarter that there was just waiting around for reviews to go through. There's, I'm not even kidding, about four or five reviews that that we had to wait for. um, And that kind of took away from the fact that it was a close game, and there were some big plays down the stretch from, again, most notably Davion Mitchell. He took a mm-hmm. charge and transitioned down the final – uh, seconds of the game, which was is to me as big of a play as I've seen him make on either end of the floor, just taking a charge one on one and fast on a fast break and transition. Um, there were some good moments, but they kind of were overshadowed by, again, the 17 to 15 score in the fourth wasn't all necessarily good defense. It was just a lot of just missed shots. Mm-hmm. So it was just bad basketball. I saw, I think SAC Film Room um, on Twitter said, Dr. James Naismith did not envision this when he created the game of basketball. Yeah. So, um, it was ugly. It's been <laughs> ugly, and, and even going back to like the Kings' last couple of games um, in Indiana, and obviously Miami was not fun. But, but just games that we've been watching. Um, again, the, the the bullet points I've listed here. It's only a handful of players: Davion Mitchell, Damian Jones, Trey Lyles, and then. Dante Divincenzos shooting that's those mm-hmm. are really the things that I've seen that I've been happy with and I'm, I want to ask you before we get into specifics is there anything that you have seen over the past four games that you've gone okay like I can take that and kind of work with it this off season. is there anything that you're saying that you're kind of feeling good about or things that you don't like the like, things that you, you like, know that you oh I don't like that and I'm kind of seeing enough are you ready are you ready for this I am I think so
0: Jamezi too. Wow. You t- you've turned on Schmidt. What I have seen these past few games, especially with uh, the lineup and the roster the way it is, there is nothing but a uh, green light or a reason for Chemezi Metu to feel like he had the same green light that he had in the first uh, portion of the season. I'm kind of starting to think that maybe it might have been a Luke Walton directive for him to be, to have that shot selection that he had earlier in the season where it really did feel like he had green light of green. He had a buddy healed esque green light. Um, He was just pulling threes, you know, hitting, you know, not hitting, but taking like four or five a game. Um, And I just, Chemezi Metu at the rim is, or going to the rim is just such a, better, more useful version, um, of Chemezi Metu. Like I understand that he, I, I do like the the fact that he has the ability to hit hit that three and he has continued to keep that confidence and, and has hit that shot, um, especially down the stretch here. But, uh, I don't like to, you know, I, 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 I was very much on record with not liking his shot selection earlier in the season. And I think, um, since he has kind of shifted to, um, just a better shot. I mean, I think he's just being smarter about what, what is, um, wh- when is the time and place to take that shot? Um, but his ability to attack the rim has, has just, uh, it hasn't really unlocked something for him, but, but really he is, uh, he's shown an ability to, to really do some damage down there. And I think that's something that, um, I'd like to see moving forward. Cause he is still a very young piece. And if he's going to be a big man that has that ability uh, to stretch the floor and do some other things as well. He's going to be able to find minutes as a rotation player. Um, and I, there was a minute there when he was taking those shots. I was just like, get like he can't, he's, he cannot play minutes if he's going to essentially just throw away the minutes that he is playing um, with these bad shots. And now, um, you know, he, he's just, he's just better. He's just a, a better player than he was at the start of the year. And um, I'm, I'm, frankly i'm happy to see it um and i i wouldn't be upset um i i'm pretty sure he's under contract for next so, year but I, but I wouldn't be upset if he if he comes in i do like the damian jones chamezi matu pairing as well i think those two uh, just have a good good chemistry together in a bench pairing yeah i mean chamezi I mean, yes, he just, specifically in a bench pairing specifically in a bench pairing
1: uh, he chamezi just turned 25 last week um he is he has a non-guaranteed contract next year um the Kings will have a an option to pick it up it's one point nine million. They that will seems have it easy.
0: Just- I mean, that, that seems like it's worth the developmental oh, yeah. money.
1: I mean, between Trey Lyles and Shimezi and Metu, you're looking at a combined about four point five million between both mm-hmm. players. To me, that's kind of like I if those are your deep bench options, yes. I'm I'm very happy with that. Because we were talking yeah. about Robert Woodard and Jemias Ramsey oh. were the kind of were kind of those options. If those are the guys you kind of have on the bench, Shamezi Metu and Trey Lyles, like, if the Kings do make these moves next year and they upgrade the backup four, starting four, and then the backup three, um, I'm very comfortable. If, if you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if the Kings have Harrison Barnes next year and he gets injured and then they have to bring up their new backup three, if Chemezi becomes the new bench three in that scenario, I'm okay with that cause we've seen him we can do. Um, Chemezi Metu, since being put back in the rotation, uh, the beginning of this month, 10 games. Uh, he's 20 minutes per game. from the field, 35% from three, 10 points per game, about four and a half rebounds, 80% from the line, a little under 80% from the line. So I haven't really noticed that as much as you have, but now look at the numbers. It kind of does pop out and say, you know,
0: yeah, He's I mean, he's not, you know, he's never gonna put up he's not gonna be a sixteen point a game guy or even like a four you know, for him to be at I think you said ten, right? Ten and five is great. Yeah. That's great yeah. for me. Off if that's come off
1: your bench, twenty yeah. minutes per game, that's pretty efficient too. Mm-hmm. Ten and five over twenty mm-hmm. minutes. and the field goal percentages are good. I mean, he's mm-hmm. forty eight and thirty-five for a for a six, nine, six that's ten. That's doable. That's very, very doable. Um, so I, I do like that. And that mm-hmm. I kinda has made me a little more intrigued about if they do, the Kings will look to do that. Because 1.9 million, Trey Lyles, who we can talk about in a second too before we get into the the big main course subject of Davion Mitchell. Um, I think I've said before that Trey Lyles is someone I've been watching. And I think everybody kind of has been taking mm-hmm. notice of him. Um, 26 years old, 6'9". We know what he's been able to do. He's been in the league since 2015, which I thought I thought it was longer. For some reason, I kind of merged Trey Lyles. He's been on a lot of
0: teams. I think that's well,
1: what it is. He's just jumped around. I merged Trey Lyles and Boris Diaw together in my head, Whoa. Kind of like, which is very strange. Yeah. I, I, I know they're not the same person. But I was like, <laughs> no. I, I just think about a, a bigger kind of floor spacing um, mm-hmm. spur, you know, sure. and, and Trey Lyles was that for, for a couple of years. Um, Trey Lyles though, man, looking at what he's been doing since I'm looking at February 28th, which is a 15 game sample size, 12.6 points, seven rebounds, 49% from the field, 39% from three, 90% from the free throw line. I mean, if you aren't going to pick up a, an option on Trey Lyles for that amount, which again, I believe was 2.6 million, if I can just check that real quick. Yeah, it is 2.62 million. Is that your cat purring the microphone? Yes.
0: <laughs> Excuse me.
1: Hello, that's Hallie. That's the cat yep. that Chris named in honor of.
0: Tyrese Halliburton R.I.P.
1: Now you have to rename it. Uh, Davey. Davey, <laughs> Davey for Davion. Yep. Uh, but Chris, what do you think about Trey Lyles? I mean, I know I'm not sitting here saying <laughs> it's kind of like Tremek, he should be starting. He should be he should be a huge piece. I mean, he's someone that you'd like to have on the bench next year. Right. Or, or do you kind of think maybe you want to see what else is out there?
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think for the money, it, it's worth it. Um It's a low risk, um, you know, pretty low reward. We kind of know what we're going to get with Trey Lyles. But I think what you get is is a very solid third forward, I think, uh, in an ideal world. I think Trey gives really good minutes um, coming off the bench. I don't know how consistent his uh, his production would be, but I feel like he's. You know, if, again, like kind of like you said, if we go into next season with Chemezi Metu and and Trey Lyles as our deep um, our deep forward bench options, I think that's a solid place to be. I think both of those guys are are, are NBA players. I don't think either of them are NBA starter quality by any stretch of the imagine. But um, I think if you have them both giving solid minutes, I think uh, that's 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 a solid core forward gr- bench forward group to work with. Um, but I, I don't think that is something that they should settle on. I think uh, if that's, you know, if that's kind of how it ends up for sure, but um, I, I don't have a name in, in mind, but I think if they were to get um, just, just, a, a, you know, a better option there that I wouldn't be too upset.
1: Well, that's the thing, you know, we're talking about what we like what we're seeing here. There's five games to go in the season. Um, we know what, what big, like the key points of the roster are going to be this off mm-hmm. upgrading defensively, upgrading in depth, um, probably bringing in a, a a really good or a really good two or a really good four. I mean, we have to figure out what the Kings plans are as far as is Davion Mitchell going to be a starter. Um, but the bench is a, a topic of conversation that is interesting because I've seen a lot of people talk about, and he, like the guys are talking about right now, Damian Jones, Trey Lyles, Chemezi Metu. It's hard because I feel like, I'd be okay with them bringing back all three. But if we roll back in the next year at the same roster, what are we doing? You know what I mean? And that's that's where I
0: fall. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. where I fall. It's just like, it's nice to have these guys for sure. But like, if we're like, exactly like you said, if we're just going to run it back with the same guys, how are we going to expect we, anything different? Like, yeah, they can progress and get a little bit better. But which we've um, done
1: We did that we did it this year, the beginning of this yeah. year. I think in last year too, was the same roster almost that body yeah. constructed.
0: I'm also just not sure that those guys at the end of the day are, are just good enough. Like, you know, it's, it's, if we want to be, uh, you know, like the Timberwolves of this year, you have to have good depth, you know, like who is, who on the King's bench is to the level of, of Nas Reed, you know, is, you know, Damian Jones has played really, really well. And I do think he is like a legitimate backup center, but um, with the amount of times that the Kings end up relying on, on these fringe guys, it just, I feel like it just ends up killing them in the long run. And and yeah, like Damian Jones, Trey Lyles, Davion Mitchell are all playing starter minutes now and are, are putting up some pretty decent numbers. But um, you know, at the end of the day, if you know, this isn't their role and they're, they're just not, they're not going to be asked to do this much on a consistent basis. Sorry. Sorry, did you sneeze there? I did. I did sneeze. Um, I tried to fight it off. That snuck up on you. It did. (laughs) It looked like um, – yeah, but I I, I think we can can transition into Davion Mitchell in general here. Um, First off, I mean, I can't believe we've been recording for 25 minutes and haven't talked about that dunk last night. I mean,
1: okay, I – I've we we've seen him. He's tried. He's Mostly tried a couple times in warmups or yeah, that warmups and practice, and especially in games. The and I think I I compared it to like Willie Cauley Stein one time. Like he really goes up for those all the time and comes up empty. Willie Cauley
0: Stein, Davyell Mitchell, same yeah, same thing. Right, Yeah, six <laughs> eleven. No, no. 6-11, no it's, I it's I, I meant 11. more like uh, how
1: <laughs> Willie. If you if you if you watch Willie out there, he would go up for these giant. Just oh, it'd be like the poster of the year dunks and always come up empty. And Davion hasn't quite been like that, but he's had about four or five now where it's been. Mm-hmm. If he would have connected and completed that dunk, it would have been
0: mm-hmm.
1: wild. And last night he finally got one and it kind of like stunned me. I was just like, wait a minute that he got yeah. one.
0: Yeah. He it was very really really... random. I mean, it wasn't a half court set. Like he just blew by the guy. Yeah, I think it was uh, uh Garuba who was, yeah. who was a uh, highly touted uh, coming in out of the draft um, and hasn't just hasn't played well this year. But um, yeah, Davion just the thing that surprised me most was just his confidence in it. He had absolutely he like knew he was like, I'm going to take off from here and there's no reason why my six foot self can't can't get to the rim and throw this down. And like it had some power behind it. He really cocked it back like he knew what he was
1: doing. Davion Mitchell, I don't know if people can fully and people probably understand that he's a very strong like Human. built guy. Yes. Like he is a yeah. built guy. One of my friends that works for the Kings was saying like how he, he's like, "Davion Mitchell's got like the biggest legs. Like he's just got, he's a, he's a walking muscle mm-hmm. and you see his bounce like that. And I've seen it in mm-hmm. practice. I think Brendan and I were at the end of practice one time and it was him and Ty at the time, RIP Ty Tyrese. Um, but they were just doing windmills. Like they were kind of taking turns. And I was surprised seeing Davion get up there because he doesn't really do that in games. I mean, when he, he has had some big dunks in games before. Um, I'm trying to think the one, I think against Minnesota, he had a big one kind of down the the closing stretch. The Sabonis, the first game uh, Sabonis played, it was like a really fun game. Mm -hmm. Um, but nothing like that, not like a poster. And now we have our, our first official Davion Mitchell, Mm -hmm. poster and the pictures and and the stills that are coming from that are crazy yeah they're those are like some highlights of the year stuff like when i write i'm writing an article probably in the next week or two kind of recapping the whole year and that will be at at the end it's gonna be probably just the whole thing on davion mitchell but that will probably be the picture that i pick for that section
0: um it's big stuff big time Mm -hmm. so um you feel as if no, I don't want to say that these well, games hold real, the same. Same. Go ahead. Before, before with that, we jump in, yes, just to give it a little.
1: What what we're Chris and I are talking about before we we jumped on was everyone knows the streak that, that Davion's on right now. Mm-hmm. It's on a It's on a historic streak. Um, he, he since the beginning of the two thousand two thousand one season. So we're going over twenty years ago. Only two rookies have scored twenty points or more and dished out seven assists or more. In five straight games. That's Trey Young, who did it three times. And now, Davion Mitchell. He's the only Kings player in the in Sacramento era, 1985 to present, to do so. No other king, not Tyreek Evans, not Tyrese Halliburton, not Demarcus Cousins. No one has done 20 and seven. We and check Ray
0: McCallum's stats again.
1: Ray McCallum, funny enough, I think he did it in three straight. I know. That's why. But he was playing 48 minutes a night. <laughs> um,
0: Davion's damn close. Chris,
1: I had this conversation with my buddy Blake, and now I'll open the floor hey. up to you. Uh, my buddy Blake, who I've told people before on here, he he's a big Lakers fan. He's very pessimistic about the Kings. He does not really like uh, anything about the Kings, really. Um, he He's of the, the idea, which a lot of people are, and I think you might fall under the same umbrella, and I'm going to give you the floor in a second, but uh, <laughs> does it matter? Like It doesn't matter. Like, do you think that Davion Mitchell's run he's on is like okay this could be what he really is like he's capable of running an offense and he's capable of scoring the basketball at will like very efficiently i mean over the past 5 games this isn't like a a 30% thing he's he's played 42 minutes per game 49% from the field 38% from 3 perfect in the free throw line 24 points per game 8.4 assists and a steal and sure the teams he's been playing Indiana Orlando and Houston are, are three, but then you got Phoenix and Miami so I now ask you and I'll let you I'll let you have your piece, but how do you view this?
0: It's fine like it's not that these games don't matter it's just they hold significantly less value in terms of eye test for me um you know like he he's playing in the last 5 games which is since phoenix he's playing 41 42 minutes a game pretty much um taking 20 shots which just isn't going to happen uh and yeah he's making 24 you know he, he he's averaging uh well over 20 points a game he he's getting the assist numbers which is good but Um, kind of to my point earlier, I just don't think he's ever going to be asked to be in this role. Um, especially with, I mean, and I was thinking about it last night, are we just running into the same problem we just had with Tyrese Halliburton where, all right, like these guys are totally fine individually. And like, as an individual point guard prospect, for sure, there's something there, but the problem, I shouldn't say problem, but. It might be a problem. It could be a problem. The lingering uh, issue has been it. They can't play off of De'Aaron or not that they can't play off of De'Aaron Fox, but when they are playing with De'Aaron Fox, um, they're just asked to do something completely different. Um, And it did seem like earlier in the year, Davion Mitchell and, you know, it's his rookie year, so it's a little harder to or more unfair to judge him um, based on his year progression. But um, he was kind of more of a spot up shooter, and then was pretty much the team's go to ISO scorer, um, which was kind of what he was in college as well. But um, I think in the pa- you know, since De'Aaron's been, <clears throat> excuse me, since has been out. Um, but to your point, also, he 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 did have a couple of good games with De'Aaron still in. But I think, you know, when we're going to look back and remember the, the end of Davion's season here, it's mainly going to be for this stretch of him him starting. It's just, you know, he's he's not going to have so, the ball in his hand that much. And he, he hasn't been um, a big assist guy all season and really hasn't moved the ball at all this season um, with the exception of this stretch. So what I take from it is for sure, at least I know Davion Mitchell is, is uh, isn't a bust. And for sure, you know, coming into the season, offense was his biggest concern. And if he would be able to get, you know, have these kind of nights that he's having um, with his scoring ability is, is his scoring ability limited. And what we have seen is with his explosiveness to the rim, um, he he's been able to to he love you you pointed it out early in the season, but he loves that same hand, um, uh, or the the inside hand layup where he you know he just doesn't use his left hand essentially, he just uses the right hand on the left side of the hoop, um, and uh, you know that that's been a reliable tool for him. He's his leaping ability has been has helped him tremendously on finishing at the rim there's been so many times this year where I'm like I don't know if Davion's gonna be able to finish this on the fast break because somebody's coming behind him and he'll just I mean he can take off um in his shooting ability has has been it's been spotty all year but he's had these stretches of um you know like shooting 38 39 percent from three um so it's encouraging to see for sure but Am I gonna go into next season being like, and I've seen it thrown around, Davion Mitchell as the starting two guard. I I I'm not that. I'm just I can't take these games and say that there is difference. However, look, Davion, we hear all we hear all the time about how hard of a worker he is. If he does progress, which is totally a a normal thing to happen from someone going from year one to year two, that's totally fine. Something that happens off the court that just. You know, we don't see, and then he, he leaps into the starting lineup for sure. That can definitely happen. But if, you know, if you just want me to go based off of how he's playing right now, I don't, I just don't really believe that this is the Davion Mitchell that we're going to see moving forward. No, I will I never relinquish the for.
1: I don't think it's fair to expect 20 and, and seven from Davion. And it's not going to be possible because, like you said, and like we've seen before, the, the, the man that's going to have the ball in his hands is De'Aaron Fox. And it feels like a year ago now that we watched De'Aaron completely set the NBA on fire. I think he averaged what? 30 points per game almost Mm -hmm. for after the Sabonis trade. Um, Obviously Davion's stats during that time, I'm looking back and going back in time to, to that De'Aaron went out, what Milwaukee. So from the Milwaukee game to, I don't know, I'll go to the Minnesota game where Sabonis played the first time. Um, Davion was playing okay, 10 points per game, 3 assists, 44% from the field and 32 from 3, so the shooting was not there. Um, what we're seeing now though is and what I'm kind of taking from it is he has it in the he has it in the tank. I think he has it in the tank if he needed if he had to move into that starting role, be the primary ball handler and distributor, he can. Now, the question that I have and the question that the Kings are going to have to answer this off season is is that something that can be viable with De'Aaron Fox? We just had two guards Mm
0: -hmm. that have
1: proven they're the best when they have the ball in their hands. Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox, again, maybe they would have made it work if we would have seen it go for a longer period of time, but we'll never know. It didn't really work, though. The wins weren't coming. It didn't work now. And if you bring in Davion Mitchell and next to Fox in the starting lineup, which I think we saw only one time or two times this year – um. I don't, I just, I'm a little concerned about the fact that they're both streaky shooters and we don't really know if this is sustainable from Davion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. It's it's very exciting. And I think he is, we now know, like you said, for sure, he's not a bust. I think he's going to be, if this is the, the best he be- is ever this season, he still is going to have a, a, a 10 plus year career. I mean, we, we've seen what Marcus Smart can do. And, and I'm not saying Davion Mitchell's Marcus Smart and that's the comp I throw out all the time, but it's comparable to me what you see him do on the defensive end and, and what the hustle he brings, the defensive tenacity. Um, that is a good thing to have in the lineup. The only problem is the Kings don't have, you know, Jason Tatum in the lineup. They don't have that guy that Jalen Brown. They don't, they don't have those guys that can come get you buckets immediately. If you know, if the Kings have Darren Fox, and Sabonis, and that's it, which is fine, but I'm going to bring it all together here so we can move on. But, um, it's if anything, Chris, what it's doing right now for Davion Mitchell and some of you might wince to hear this is his value is going to be very, very high this this summer. I think I think that his value is is raising rising by the minute. And if the Kings do see something out there, they want to they want to go make happen, whether it be acquire a star wing or a star shooting guard. Davion Mitchell and a few picks could probably get you a really good return. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. But we've seen what happened before when your your best players play the same position. And right now, I'd say two of the King's best three players play the same position. So it's it's a it's a tough situation that they're gonna be in this summer. Once again, you know, it's it's uh we're we're guard heavy
0: mm-hmm.
1: at that point guard position.
0: Yeah, that just kind of made my mind race and like go in like thirty different places. Like I mean, I don't I don't wanna put it on record, but like could you know, you you mentioned could Davion stock rising. That made me think, okay, like yeah, what could we get for Davion? But that also made me think, well, what if this makes the Kings solid, feel solid enough to maybe really look kick the tires on what they can get for De'Aaron Fox, and maybe they feel, uh, you know, a, a Davion Mitchell, um. I guess we'll just say Dante DiVincenzo Vincenzo and then and or you know who knows well, who knows what you can get for De'Aaron at what position but um well looking at upgrading the roster Chris, that's interesting yeah
1: I mean the chips that the kings have right now mm-hmm. they don't have many I mean they 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 traded their arguably their biggest chip away already and Sabonis is a very good player and mm-hmm. we only saw him for 15 games which I thought was crazy I feel like we barely got to see him um and I would, I'm very much of the opinion. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not, try, first of all, I'm not trying to rain on this Davion thing. I've been, <laughs> I've
0: been, pushing. you're not the one who's raining on it. If anything, no. it's me.
1: I, I'm, I'm very, For very, you. I'm so excited watching Davion play. He's really the re- only reason why I'm like excited to watch the Kings right now, is I'm excited to see what he's going to do every night. But when we're talking about the the grand scheme of things, he might be their most popular trade asset trade chip right now I mean it is this offseason <sighs> I have I'm time believing that he's he's on a rookie
0: contract though rookie contract you see he plays like a veteran um, I just don't think that I that's kind of where I come back to I just don't think these games hold that much weight I don't think they hold that much weight as far as people that weren't going to trade for him before are
1: going to say oh now yeah. I'm going to trade for him but I think we look at his whole body of work for the season um even before, I mean, his name was kind of floated a little bit before he was on this run. Just the fact that he's young, controllable—I don't know. But now, let it's- me ask you an interesting question. Yes. sorry. No, you're fine. I'm. I'm kind of going. We're would kind of going, you? W-
0: would you think that you could trade Davion Mitchell for a top ten draft pick this year? Top ten. I
1: don't. Think so, unless someone were to fall that the Kings like if, if, um, like if, if, if Keegan Murray were to fall to like nine, yeah, and And I don't know, yeah, but the Kings have the seventh pick, so it's like, I don't know, they have they're they're gonna have a top pick already. I'm not,
0: I'm not really asking that question for, for you know, to put into actual use, but more just that to me speaks of Davion's value. Like, I mean, how many other rookies that were picked, like. I don't think – like, I wouldn't trade Franz. I mean, Franz Wagner could get a top 10 pick, but I wouldn't do that trade. No. Um, I don't even think that the Kings could get a top – you know, and you you know, go down the list. I don't think Jonathan Kaminga, like, he could definitely go for – like, he deserves a top 10 pick. You know, like, his value is definitely top 10 pick. I'm more just saying I don't really know – like I do, I, I hear yes, and I hear what you're saying, and I do think it is true that, um, I I actually do think that his play as of late might have opened up some other teams' eyes to like, okay, like maybe this guy could you know come in and be our bench guard and like you know turn into something for sure, but um, I don't know, I just I I have questions on what his value is. I think he's a great, you know, if you want to trade. Uh, Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell, that could probably get you something a lot better than it could have gotten you two months ago for sure. In my opinion, that could get you a or lot. At the all-star and, and I think want, so too.
1: And if you want to get real crazy, if the Kings I don't know if a, it could get
0: you like a, it could get well, you a starter. I don't know if it could get you like a, a top, it could probably get you a third option. If I don't Kings, know if it can get you like a second or 1A option.
1: If the Kings were to swing a trade for like a superstar wing, I think Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes and a first round pick from this year Especially when after the lottery yeah. happens, could get you a very big player. Oh, yeah. Um That's a lot you're giving up though for one person. Mm-hmm. That's the only problem. And that's more yeah. money you're gonna bring in. So then you Definitely. hypothetically you'd have Sabonis making twenty like 21, twenty one. Twenty mil. 20, it's
0: like twenty mil. Yeah. Twenty miles we'll call it twenty for, for easiness. Fox
1: making thirty, I think. Thirty five, I think. And then you bring in another guy who probably will be making like upwards of thirty million. I mean that's that's a majority of your salary cap
0: there. So um I do what you gotta do. Hey, and that full bring it full circle. That's why Chimezi Metu, you know, and that's, Trey that's, Lyles. Trey Lyles, you know, that, that five million, that's where that, that comes in nice. Uh look, to kind of
1: put, yeah, put, put a pin in this I I am on the side of the fence that I am taking this five game sample size, and I'm not saying it's we know he's gonna be a yeah. great player, yeah. but it's encouraging because if Davion had been playing poorly over the past five games, the narrative would be completely
0: flip-flopped. Yeah. Wow, he's playing these
1: bad teams and can't even – he can't even score 15. He was a starting point guard and he's shooting yeah. 30%.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean – Because we could – exactly. We could be really living win. in
1: that opposite world. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you can't really win. And that's what I was telling my friend, the Laker fan Blake. Laker fan Blake. Um, we'll keep that – we'll have to keep that Much rather run.
0: him be good than
1: not yeah. – <laughs> It's like, how can you sit here and tell yeah. me that these games are garbage and don't matter when if he was scoring 12 a game and shooting 34% in the field, you guys would be calling him horrible. So he's playing well against other NBA <clears throat> talent. It might be not – it's not starting and and as good as an NBA team that you would like. But, I mean, Phoenix and, and Miami are sprinkled in there. Now we'll see what happens next week. You know, you're going to go up against a red-hot Jordan Poole on Sunday – You're going to go up against um, the Pelicans, who are playing well on Tuesday. Uh, The 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 Suns again later on at the end of the year. Uh, The Clippers are playing for some seating. Some tough tests are going to come for Davion, and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm be watching those closely. But um, you got to tip your cap to them, no matter no matter what side the fence you're on. As far as if you're reading into it, you're not reading into it. uh, The man's making Kings history, and uh, it'll be remembered. The stretch will be remembered for that. So. Mm -hmm. Any else you want to say about Davion?
0: No, not about Davion. I would just be remiss if I didn't bring up that Harrison Barnes has completely disappeared these past x amount of games. That's your guy, though. No comment.
1: Uh, why is he? Why is he playing? I mean, why? Why really would you play? He's not. Him at, I mean, he is, but he's he's physically <laughs> he's not, but he's physically on the floor. Like he's physically on the floor. If he's still, believe it or not, he's played seventy-two games. If you were to play the rest of the season, he'd play almost a full season. Yeah, I mean he he plays seventy seven games, but I'll be stunned if they don't sit him as soon as they're eliminated this week. But Chris, he's still averaging sixteen and a half, sixteen point seven points. He sure five, is five point seven rebounds, forty seven percent in the field, and forty percent from three. It's one it's of the best. It's one of the best seasons of his career. Um, hmm. so I just wonder how that works. Like you, you mentioned, Chimezi, how well Chemezi has been playing. Why not let Chemezi play and shut Harrison Barnes
0: down? because because this team apparently does not want to lose games like I don't know what it is like they they really are taking this pride thing to a whole nother level and uh you know they I get it you know like inside the building they don't want to establish any sort of losing culture i get it um it's just you know now is that 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 carriage has has left like you you gotta now is not the time to prove it you know, like these games are meaningless—not meaningless, but you know, when you're when you're trying to establish a winning culture, and you're saying, "Oh, we beat Indiana by one, we beat Orlando by four, we beat Houston by three. that's winning cult. Like, it's just not—it's not worth it. Now is not the time to try and do this. And if like, they
1: if they jump in the draft because they're seven, I'll shut my mouth. But right now, I'm
0: yeah. very they're they're literally they're hurting themselves they're They're
1: actually they're actually hurting themselves
0: it's just it's it's um it makes it so hard to to be a fan i mean like they can't this is it's just it's infuriating like you can't you can't win when people want you to lose and like you know as a fan i guess you shouldn't want in an ideal world you shouldn't want your team to lose but like facts are facts
1: some people aren't wrapping their heads around it they're just saying i don't give a damn about the lottery it's like that's not smart. I'm sorry yeah. if you feel that way, but you are not smart saying that. If you're yeah. saying you want the Kings to win every game mm-hmm. for the rest of the year, you don't care about the future yeah. of this team then, because mm-hmm. if they win every game for the rest of the season, they might fall mm-hmm. again to eighth. Like they might they might have a better chance of falling out of the top 10. It's a yep. very slim chance, but it's a better chance of that happening mm-hmm. if they keep winning. Than if they keep losing, mm-hmm. and they were so close a week ago, they are they are top five. They had a forty. Let me see. I'm sorry, a forty two percent chance, I believe, of of jumping into the top five. I mean, I'm sorry, but now you look at it, they drop them a forty two percent chance of going to the top four. Now a whole ten percent, thirty two percent now of jumping mm-hmm. to the top four. That might sound insignificant to you. Um. The listener but maybe every I, ball
0: I, matters man literally every single ping pong ball you can acquire matters and I mean, it matters less than it did like three or four years ago but it still definitely matters
1: like right now according to the nba to tankathon they have the kings taking shade on sharp who is good he's a good player didn't play last uh, year
0: no like it's yeah i don't know No, it's just risky <laughs> like i mean it's not the, if you can get a guy who i just say that to say like you know he's not Chet Holmgren, you know, whatever. He's not Jabari Smith. He's not one of these guys that, like, we are 100%, like, not even 100%, but, you know, we, I don't need to say it. You can make a case about
1: Benedict, how well he's been playing. And, but the way I see it is, it's a six player draft. I think, I think Chet, Jabari Smith, uh, Paolo, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, AJ Griffin. I would absolutely love Mm. any, any of those guys on the Kings. It's literally, quite literally, the seven under I immediately start
0: losing mm-hmm. interest. It was very similar last year as well. I mean, Franz went uh Franz right, went right two before. Picks before the Kings or right before, right, right before the Kings. Right before. Uh Jonathan Kaminga went Seven. right before the Kings. Um you know, they still could have gotten Moses Moody, but in terms of guys who have been very productive this year, pretty much everyone picked in front of the Kings has been incredibly productive. And we're starting to see Davion Mitchell start to hit that level of production, but um yeah. <laughs> Turns out in the NBA draft you want a pick that is closest to 1 as possible.
1: Players don't care about when, about this. I understand no, that. Not Harrison Barnes doesn't care about yeah. this. He and Davion Mitchell doesn't care. No. Uh Damian Jones they don't care. I mean yeah. everybody has their own their their own way that they view the situation and the players I'd say 99.9% of them do not give a Uh-oh damn.
0: This is the, film. This is draft. all for film, you know, like their highlight reel that they can and their stats that they can take to the offseason and,
1: and yeah, and like Damian Jones. Money. Exactly. Damian, Damian Jones, Jones trying to get
0: paid. Yeah, he got a game winner. He had what? 24 and eight last game. Like, yeah, I mean, been, da- he's been on a terror for the past four or five games.
1: Damian Jones who will be threes. he'll be a free agent unrestricted. He can sign with anybody he wants mm-hmm. 16 points, six and a half rebounds, 72 percent from the field. Mm-hmm. He yeah. he he over the last five games. I mean, you're talking about what Davion Mitchell's been doing, but look at what Damian Jones has been doing. Yeah. So um he doesn't care. Damion Mitchell doesn't care. Now, as a front office though, you can say, okay, Harrison Barnes, we know what you can do. You're a great player. I know it's his job. He gets paid to play basketball. But right now, you have a you have a decision to make on Shimezi Metu. You have a decision to make on Trey Lyles. They're letting him play. They're letting Damian Jones play. See what you have in Shimezi Metu take Harrison Barnes out who I'm sure that would make it more of a, a net negative having him off the floor. Believe it or not. I don't know. Mm. Um, that's your guy. You probably think he's a net negative already, mm. um, but it's just kind of frustrating to me that some people out there aren't fully grasping that. And again, we can't control what the ping pong balls do. The Kings can maybe lose the next six and still drop. That's possible, right. but the odds are better that the Kings are going to have a better selection in the draft of a loaded draft to what myself you I mean everyone knows this draft um, or or strongly believes that the top six seven picks of his draft are very good players so um, luckily for those of you that are on that side of the fence the schedule for the kings gets harder after Friday night they have a pretty tough end of the season stretch so um, last thing Chris have you been seeing the Marvin Bag the Marvin Bagley stuff? I have. People, um, out- yeah. I-, I think they're are they writers for the Pistons? Are they fans?
0: Who's saying that just the Kings general blogger type, you know, Twitter Twitter personality? Let me ask from Pistons. Let media. me ask
1: the listeners and you, Chris. do the Sacramento Kings? quote waste marvin bagley or not give him a chance i'd like for you to answer that question did the kings really not give him a chance over four years
0: sorry i just wanted to give a little pause for you know how like blue's clues like steve will ask you a question and then (laughs) give the audience time to like say it back to their tv oh wait i know this one yeah (laughs) um so yeah that's what i was doing uh, no, I mean, Marvin Bagley. I mean, yes, I should say they gave Marvin Bagley every chance that they possibly could have. Uh, I promise everybody listening that the Sacramento Kings desperately wanted Marvin Bagley to be a successful draft pick. And we're going to exhaust just about every option they had to not look like they passed on two generational talents in Luka Doncic and Trey Young. And at just, you know, we all experienced it. It got to a point where it was 100% mutually beneficial for both parties to divorce.
1: Chris, um, uh, Marvin Bagley, number one, well, number two, mm, two, technically, but one on here, the Kings took him second overall. They made him, they I mean, they, I they did, that. they did him a favor or in reality, they probably made him, they did not do him. They did not favor. do him a favor, <laughs> but they took him number two overall. Um, Over four years at the Kings, Marvin Bagley missed 42% of possible games due to injury, 121 games. Now, people say he wasn't given a chance or wasn't given an opportunity. He was named a starter in 2019 and 2020, got injured opening night 2019. 2020, he completely got derailed by an assortment of injuries. And then even the, the past three years, in 65 of the 86 games he has played over the past three years, he started. So I don't really understand that narrative and it's, it's tired. I mean, his numbers in in Detroit are almost identical to what he did in Sacramento. And the way I'm looking at it is people obviously haven't watched him play basketball before he got to Detroit and he's a shiny new acquisition, but averaging 14.9 points, 6.8 rebounds, He's shooting the ball a little better, fifty-six percent versus fifty in Sacramento. It's it's virtually the same exact stat line. Cause mm-hmm. as a king, Bagley averaged thirteen and a half points, seven and a half rebounds. As a piston, fourteen points, six and eight point eight rebounds. So I'm just kind of confused why people are saying this is some kind of it's just hating the kings to hate on the kings.
0: Yes. It that's absolutely what it is. And you know, I was just Thinking about it a little bit more. And the only time I would say Marvin Bagley, and you just kind of broke it down, but the only time Marvin Bagley really didn't get a shot, I would say a fair shot, would be the start of the season. And, you know, I I think you and I can confidently say that um, that was probably because Marvin Bagley was not uh, supposed to be on the roster uh, come opening night. I think the plans were. For I think pretty much everyone in the organization, apparently with the exception of Bonnie McNair, was under the impression that Marvin uh, would not be here um, at the by the start of this season. And Luke kind of I think last year pretty much put his foot in the the ground and said, like, I'm not starting this kid or playing this kid significant minutes if we're trying to actually win games.
1: Also, he was he was uh, he was horrible in the locker room. And whole was. Of the coaching yes.
0: staff. Yes. And he started off the season with a big bang, if we all recall. I think it was literally like the first or second game where his agent released the uh the statement about how the... the Kings are a you know failing organization. It was and the eve is... the eve of opening night. The opening yes. night eve. Yes. Um so that you know, that probably wasn't going to get your client um any favors. But uh, I would say, you know, for the first two months of the season, I do remember coming on here a couple of times and saying, like, there's kind of no reason why Marvin's not playing. Like, this guy is way too talented to not be one of the five guys. You know, he doesn't necessarily have to be starting, but he is one of our five best players. He should, you know, he should probably get some significant minutes. On this uh, team? Yes, on this team. Yeah,
1: you and I, were, you and I were yeah. one. We always were talking every game. Yeah. he should be. He should be playing. Like, yeah, he needs to play.
0: Yeah, he needs to play. And, and uh, I, uh, that, that, that. So I will say that is if if Detroit fans want to point to any time in which Marvin wasn't given a fair shot and Sacramento was quote unquote being an inept org- organization, I guess you could point to the start of this season. But also, he started com- eventually. That's also completely disregarding everything that you laid out previously, where it's like you know, like this guy made his bed and pretty much laid in it. You know, he, he he put himself in the situation to where he wasn't trusted at the start of the season. He put himself in a situation um, where, you know, the coach wasn't, you know, it, you know, wasn't favoring him and, and wasn't going to just give him an opportunity because like I said earlier, he was the number two pick and the organization needed the number two pick to be something uh, to get anything out of that kind of um pick would, would have been big. But, Uh, It just got to a point where the team had to cut their losses, and unfortunately, it just so happened that they cut their losses emotionally before they cut it, you know, tangibly in in the trade. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, to circle it all back around, like, Marvin, this is – this, and, you know what, you and I have also been saying since day one is – this is not a surprise to us that Marvin Bagley's doing well because we 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 have said from the beginning he's going to get traded. He's going to do what he does for us on a different team. And uh you know, he's he's not a bad basketball player. It was just about everything off the floor pretty much. I mean, there was definitely some on the floor things that were can't play defense. Were, can't play defense. Um you know, doesn't pass period end of right sentence. Hand. No right hand. Um just kind of a black hole in general and Look, you know, still trying to figure out his shooting, all this stuff. We don't need to rehash.
1: But. If he if, ended with this, if Marvin Bagley was healthy and playing well, he would still be here. Mm-hmm. If he had been playing, if that's the thing, if he was a good player, he'd still be here. A broad statement, but a true one. If he was a good basketball player and was healthy, which basically, if it was the complete opposite, and he was a good basketball player, I don't want to say he was bad, but if he played like a number two pick or even like a, a A mid lottery pick, he would still
0: be here. He's played. I think he just played basketball games. And if he didn't have a horrific attitude. And again, I think they could, I honestly think they could have dealt with that. I think that would have, unless he like got to the point where he was legitimate, which he did because they didn't play, they weren't playing him. But if he got to the point where like, You know, they were, he was legitimately like, get me out of here. I think they would get him out of there. But I think if he just, if his dad kept complaining and like, whatever, wanted a big role, but Marvin was still playing well. It seemed like a lot of passive aggressiveness. I could see them just swallowing it and being like, look, we need talent and your kid is talented and we're willing to deal with the rest. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It
1: doesn't matter. I just, I'm tired of seeing that because we dealt with half a decade of, of, Wanting Marvin to be good and still have having
0: that's five
1: years. <laughs> that is that is the most almost five years morbid thing or four seasons, four years, five seasons. I believe <gasps> is all oh, going to be five seasons next year, um, which that's is insane, so painful. Yeah. Um. By the way, hey, I'm gonna just kind of twist the knife to end this podcast. Um. If you look at Luka Doncic's first oh, five years of his, I was career, like,
0: if you want to twist the knife. Look at the top three seeds right now. Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton, number one pick. John Morant, number two (laughs) pick. Uh, You know, obviously not the the same draft, but uh, Dallas, Luka Luca, same draft. Uh, You know, Atlanta's not doing too hot, but Atlanta was pretty damn good last year.
1: As much praise as you want to give me about the Lakers, I have to kind of own up and say how wrong I was about Dallas. I have been so down on Dallas for like the last two years it's not your and fault I, I still stand by it though if luca were to get hurt they would be yes. they lose by 20 yes. uh, every game in the playoffs um but chris and and you out there listening go to basketball reference uh and look at luca's first five games of his career or his whole career actually just whatever he's averaging right now and then if you want to look at lebron james yes the lebron james his first five years you will find that they are very Very similar. And I just want to say how upset. I I I was very upset to see that. Um so generational talent. Um, but yeah, Detroit enjoy Marvin will enjoy nothing. Um Mm, Chris, I think awards are kind of just hyperbolic at this point. Mm -hmm. Um let's move on to basketball reference.
0: Yes, which is uh just terrible to be honest with you. The basketball oh, reference at this point in time is my... um, its just not ideal. Um, I'll read the names. We usually don't go through everybody, but I think in this case, it's probably necessary just because there's nobody. Uh, Nenad Kristic, uh, wearing an Oklahoma City jersey. I've never seen him before. I, th- I think I remember him. Sean Williams. I remember him. Looks like he's from the mid-2000s. Ricky Leto. Sounds familiar. Marvin Barnes, Harrison, Harrison and Marvin, Harrison Maddie and Bebenture. Marvin, John Holland, no idea. Daryl nope. Macon, no nope. knew. Isaiah Roby, I've heard of. Uh, he's on OKC. He's like a forward. Yeah, he's... that's really all I got to say about. Oh, him. he's he's playing. He's playing well. I mean, he's having a good year. Sure, good for you. Jeremy <laughs> Pargo, I've heard the name before. He
1: was around for a minute when I was like, in high school.
0: 36 years old at this moment. So Jeremy Pargo played five total NBA seasons. Um, very random. Very uh, Lamar Stevens. Sounds like, uh, well, I guess maybe it's just because like E-40's name is Earl Stevens. But I was like, that sounds like a name of like a rapper. You know, you know, two shorts, actual name does is Lamar like Stevens. <laughs> you know? So is uh, James, James Posey. A little bit, yeah. James Posey is next on the list. James Posey was a a great Celtic. That's what I pretty much remember him for. For one one year. Yeah, he He was was on the Hornets with uh, CP3, I think, as well. And the Heat, two-time
1: champion with Miami in 06 and the Celtics in 08. Played on some good teams.
0: Look at that. James Posey. Shout out you. Uh, Frank Jackson, who is somebody that I actually definitely know because I really wanted the Kings to draft him. He was out of Duke. He was one of those guys, kind of like Devin Booker, where he came out at like night 18 or something like that like he had just turned 18 mm-hmm. and so like you know right now he's 23 but in his sixth fourth, year yeah fourth fifth fourth. fourth fourth NBA season but he didn't play um, the whole he didn't play the whole he first didn't play year. his rookie year yeah he didn't yeah. play at all his rookie year and So like, five years That's he's crazy. starting you know yeah he's in Detroit now he's only 47 games scoring yeah he's 23 Chris, years old and Chris. he's averaging 10 points a game what's up
1: Frank Jackson has played – he's been in the NBA for five seasons, and he's the same age as Davion Mitchell.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. That is – somebody that I definitely wanted.
0: That is Uh, crazy. The same age as Davion, same year. Well, and that's also where – you know, whatever. Never mind. We don't need to get back into that. And then uh, Luke Jackson, who – Who the hell is that? just – I, I remember him from 2Ks of old, and that's about the only reason why. I feel like he played with LeBron. He did play with LeBron like in his uh, first he was, two seasons in he Cleveland. Was the, he was their first-round pick the year after LeBron.
1: He was 10th overall. A <laughs> little different. A <laughs> little, little different. Talk about not getting a chance. This guy only played four minutes per game, eight minutes per game. I mean, they never even give a top 10 must to a chance to play bad. He
0: must have been, <laughs> must horrible. Have been B.A.D. bad. How I mean, his he... first season, he. Whoa, there's no way that's right.
1: How is he a top 10 pick? Oh,
0: OK, that was his per 36. Um, yeah, I mean, he never shot well. I mean, in the minutes, I mean, he played five minutes a game his rookie year. That's crazy. Yeah, he was a bucket at Oregon, though. Twenty one points per game, seven
1: uh, mm. seven rebounds. Forty four percent from three. Yeah. Um, Man, what 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 did that draft look Green, like? like who was drafted years. around him? Iguodala, Let's look it up.
0: Luke Jackson,
1: Iguadala, ninth.
0: Give me Iguadala. Oh,
1: give me. I want Iguadala. Andres Beidren. Yeah,
0: Emeka Okafor, Ben Gordon, Sean Livingston, Devin Harris, Josh Childress, Luel Dang, Rafael Arujo. Who knows that? that is? I don't know. But he went eighth, and I don't think he ever played
1: played like two
0: seasons. Three Andre Dalla, Luke Jackson, Andres Biagent, Robert Swift, Sebastian Telfair. Where's the Kings pick in here? The Kings had the 26th pick this year because they, they were good. They were actually good and selected Kevin Martin. Kevin Martin from gold, Western Carolina University. They struck gold. This man Jeff Petrie was different. Different. Got he a... also drafted Quincy Doobie, but Look there. at that
1: in a row, like right here, um, twenty four through twenty eight. You have Delonte West to Boston, Tony Allen to Boston, mm-hmm. Kevin Martin to the Kings, Sasha Vujacic to the Lakers, and then Bano to the Spurs. Decent, legends. Decent.
0: Uh, um, Chris Duhan was in this draft. Trevor Reza was the forty third pick. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. You know what I think we're going to do? I had this thought um, the other day. Uh, I think you and I, during the off season should just go through, like, it can be, we can spend a whole podcast on it. We can do one podcast and do multiple drafts. But we should just redraft for the Kings and, like, see who they probably, you know, have talk about who they probably should have taken with that pick and just kind of how things could have gone differently just because, obviously, yeah. there's... So many, so so many times where the Kings um and you know it's just talked about a lot, like, oh the Kings could have had Damian Lillard and then passed on him. Like we can actually look look back and see. You want like, a post mortem? You know, pretty much, yeah. Post we'll mortem
1: of draft the past.
0: we'll do sixteen years, I guess. Might as well. Yeah, see what happens. That's how long. <laughs> <been>. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I'm down for that. We're gonna have a yeah. lot of,
1: of, of off season stuff yes. coming up. Um Maybe some on-air stuff. Stay tuned for that. Maybe. Um, and I just got an update. I'm sure you got it, too, that Anthony Davis, who's been out for over a month and a half, will be a game-time decision tomorrow against the Pelicans. LeBron James is hopeful to test out his ankle as well. I'm going to end it with that and just say, I'm so excited to just watch games. And I just want to watch and enjoy basketball. And I'm looking at like the, the tonight, Milwaukee and Brooklyn are playing. Um the Lakers are going to get killed by the Jazz tonight. I'm not going to watch that, but I'm, the playoffs are so fun. I'm a big NBA playoffs guy, huge NBA playoffs yeah. guy. So I'm very excited for that. Um, but That being said, looking ahead, everybody, we're almost there. We're almost done. So next week will be our last in-season episode. Um, looking at the schedule here, coming up, the Kings will have the Rockets again tomorrow, Friday. Warriors and Pelicans. We'll come to you Wednesday or Thursday with a a last in-season episode. And then uh, the last two, Clippers and Phoenix, which I'm sure we'll have a lot of Namiya Shikata talk come Mm -hmm. the end of the season. So um, thanks, everybody, for staying with us through a... Again, I think I said it before, this has been like the most painful season I've had to watch uh, for the past probably... Five years since I started working for the Kings. Um, it's been tough for a lot of reasons, but we'll have a full recap season. Season recap, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, you have anything else? No, I really don't have anything else. Um, Hour 10, guys. Hour 10 about a losing team
0: or a winning team right mm-hmm. now. Pretty typically. decent. Pretty decent, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope if you stayed to the end of this, thank you so much. Uh, We will be back next week, like Frankie said, with the not season wrap up episode, which is the last uh, episode of the uh, in season. Boy, hopefully, hopefully it's um, I don't know. Hopefully we have something to talk about. Hopefully people are still playing, playing well. Um, And, you know, at that point, the tournament will be over. So maybe we can have, you know, maybe we'll be like, oh, the Kings need to get Paolo Bancaro at this point or AJ Uh, Griffin. Or AJ Griffin, who I think would never be another great fit, but uh, we'll save that for next week. For Frankie Cardaselli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening. Uh, buh, buh, bye. Bye.